Look, here's my stance on it. You know, when this whole fad of posting this meme was a thing a couple weeks ago, you know, confessions that can get your insert any random thing here card revoked, I was violently opposed to it. Because it's like all of the so-called opinions that I saw were like just normal opinions that tons of people agree with. And all these people, you saying this stuff, you're not the first person to say these things at all. And your opinions are not controversial in any way. And then the fact that people are posting this as if, like, if I say this, if I express my opinion, I'm no longer a fan of the series or I deserve to be ridiculed because of this this opinion. I think that's ridiculous. And it's bullshit is what it is. It's, I, I don't have a better word for it. I could search my vocabulary. I don't feel like it because it's, it's, just, it's just stupid. Well, it's all in good fun. I think we should go there, though. Let's let's try to, like, figure out some shit that would get our cards revoked. It's got to be something that would get most fans to, like, clutch their pearls. See, like, I've, I've got a few. Like, okay. I, I just I just put the one on, on the thread. Like, for the thread... I'd, Survive but, is off limits. That's too easy. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's why I didn't put that. I don't think... You can't say something's off limits. All right. If it's reasonable. So, are we going? Yeah, do it. fingers yo this is vector hey everyone this is days ahead and i'm nitroid you're listening to the kojima frequency yeah you go first lay lay it on thick all right cool so since we already said it's off the table i I had a blast with survive so that's just that's i didn't even put that but i think everybody knows i had fun with it Uh, but again the question is why do you think that would get your metal gear card revoked because I'd say about 90% of the fan base like rejected that game at the thought of it. And just because Kojima okay. wasn't involved, they were just right. like, fuck this, fuck Konami. Like yeah, that, that whole thing that happened. Like, I think if you look back on, on the Twitter thread when I was oh, kind of. Yeah, I remember defi- you took a lot of shit for that. Yeah, you even like hit me up. You were like, hey, man, why don't you take a step away from this for a while? <laughs> it yeah, seems like uh, shit's getting heated. I was like, it's okay. I just really like this game. I'm having fun. <laughs> Everybody hates me for it, but it's fine. I've been called a shill, a dickhead. Or like, you know, it's just like. Calling in my skin. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So anyway, but that's not even the one. Uh, and then the one that I put in the thread was I really want to pay, uh, play that Snake Eater Apache slot machine. Uh, right. That was another one where the I'd say most of the community was just like, ugh, why isn't See, this the actual Snake Eater remaster? From the frame of the fandom, yes, that is sacrilege. You are supporting yeah. something that is the, like, curb tonight for us. But from like a from like a general perspective of what makes a good fan... I think that's that's very respectable in a sense that you want to get as much knowledge from this series, whether yeah, it's I want to play games. it all the good and the bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I didn't understand the premise. We're basing like like first off, who issues the Metal Gear card? And it seems to be that like it's is if you fall in line with the general populace, you got to mail in for or it. The, yeah, if you if you wait, say that again. You got to mail in for it. It's like, you know, 12 box tops and $2 shipping and handling. You got to be able to do like 80 push-ups. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're basing Metal Gear cards. Your Metal Gear card is issued by the the idiots. By the community. Yeah. The the idiot community that has no idea 
about anything about the series. They just want to be angry about shit. Fuck that. Um, so I guess my, my big one though that I haven't put down is, uh, I didn't feel shit when I killed the boss. Okay. Emotionally. Yeah. You know, everybody's always like, oh, that's really like, I'll just go like, uh, okay. So, um, no, I think but- I was just like, I was just like kind of bombarded with information at that point too. And my brain is still trying to process what the hell was just, what just happened. Right. I just like played it in like one big stretch. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. So, do you still consider yourself a Metal Gear fan? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, I look at it differently now. I'm just saying that first time I played it, I'm okay. just saying this is like confession. Like, the first time I was just like, ha-ha, well, take that. Break my arm, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the message that I want to con- convey to the, this 1,000 retweets and comments, which is phenomenal, by the way. Congratulations, Nitroid. Yeah, good job on that. Thank you. It's It's like... Here's how you obtain your Metal Gear card. Do you enjoy the series? Yes or no? Here's another thing. You think that your opinion will get your card revoked? How about this? How about you relinquish your Metal Gear card? How about you you t- you throw it away? You tear it up, as I did. C- give me a confession where you, th- you threw your Metal Gear card away. That's what I want to hear, because it's like only you can decide whether you're a fan of the series or not. You can't go to a community. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're all fans of the series how here, about how about not we me. frame it because it, it sounds it, it does sound i always thought this meme was like a parody on how like nowadays everything's so divisive and everybody attaches their personality to a very unique perspective on a media piece of media right i'll get into that but with that being said you know i think the best way for the sake of keeping this fun is let's frame it like what is the metal gear phantom equivalent of farting in an elevator or admitting you <laughs> farted in the elevator. <laughs> Who does that? Who farts in an elevator? It was like, it was me, guys. I did it. <laughs> Starting a canon debate on portable ops or rising. Okay. You know what? <laughs> so, yeah, Daze, if you want to approach this from a rational and, and level-headed perspective, that's fine, but that's not how I approach arguments because... I may not be a psychoanalyst, but I am the first part. So I'm just uh, I'm just trying to make this make this fun, and you know me and my like allegories and shit. Um, well, yeah. Wait, what was the that last thing you said, fingers about the the thing that was the the stuff? Uh, exactly. Yeah, that narrows it down. <laughs> uh, no, that I, la- the, your last thing on the was just your, about uh, the boss. Oh right, not being. Yeah, no, fuck her. She's she's not important. Like I don't care if she dies. Like you introduce her in one game, at, out of the blue after I've gone through all this stuff, and then you want me to kill her when because she because she doesn't matter. I'm not gonna take your card away for that. I won't. Yeah. Right, but it's not up to and, me. It's all a- right, so here's another thing. Then all right, did you enjoy MGS three like gameplay wise? Absolutely, I did. Okay, see, I here's a problem with it where I think it plays like one of the sloppiest is. There's way too much time spent in that fucking pause menu doing oh, yeah. bullshit that I do not need to be doing. But it really doesn't yeah. matter that much. The camo system is bullshit. The the healing system is bullshit. And here here comes that card. Survive did it better. Dude, that's why they never they only did it in one game and they never did it again. Because you're they correct. They didn't survive. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> all the all the healing shit and survive was 
managed so much better. The Octo Camo was them basically saying, look, yeah. we really <laughs> like this mechanic, but we understand it sucks. Yeah, four handled it so much better. Like, oh, we're Octo sorry. Ah, oh, we're <laughs> sorry. Okay, I gotta interject. <laughs> I gotta, I've been holding my tongue. Um, oh, here's the card that Nitrate. I'll just slide it under the. Yeah. <laughs> No, actually, I think I'm going to come at this from an angle you might not expect. So, cool. Metal Gear Solid Three is not my favorite. Uh, It's not even close. In fact, I think Ghost Babel is, by and large, a better game than everything after MGS Two was released, because I think it understands what Metal Gear is and was far better than the games that came after it. Um, MGS Three, I agree with you that it's kind of a clunky mess because there's there are far too many systems interplaying with one another. Now that said, you can get some really cool and creative interactions out of those systems. Sure, but, sure. But like, yeah, you spend a lot of time in the menu managing things. It takes you, it's constantly breaking up the action. Yep. CQC is a complicated mess. Switching camos can be incredibly irritating. But that said, I think MGS4 actually made it worse. Okay. Because it just reduced stealth to nothing. You lay down, you wait a second, and you're hidden. And I get that that was the concept, no place to hide, but it's it's lazy man stealth to me. It's You're not thinking about, okay, where am I, what do I need to do? Um, and in MGS3, you didn't really need to think about it too hard either because you've got a percentage no. counter, but okay. right. 4 just makes it even more simplified. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, good yeah. point. I mean, to me, it's just something that it's. I'm going to get 90 to 95% anyway once I'm done figuring the shit out. So just save me the time for going in the menu and just make me yeah. the color of the goddamn wallpaper. Like, right. But that's right. the thing. You, you're not figuring anything out. You're just you're you're scrolling through a menu until you find the one. Looking at numbers. Yeah. yeah but mm-hmm. Tree bark is pretty easy to pick out. I mean. You're not trying to hide. <laughs> you're trying to get your number up. Yeah. And that's why I don't like it. Well, because that's... it doesn't feel like you're actually hiding as much as you're just trying to get that number as high as possible. Yeah. Okay. However, in any other stealth game, as long as you stand still, like take Splinter Cell, for example, as long as you're in shadow, and that's just based on Thief, right? So take Thief or Splinter Cell. As long as you're in shadow and you don't move, then you're invisible. And actually, you can just move around as long as you're in shadow. You're, And even though you have three glowing lights, like headlights on top of your, your friggin' head that you can see from a mile away, an enemy can't see you if, if you're in darkness. Okay, but you're still relying on parts of the environment that have been set up beforehand. Yeah, I think it's... I agree. It's all an execution in a sense that... You have way too much agency Making, with Octo Camo. Yeah. Good stealth, in my opinion, is stealth that requires you to use your environment creatively. And if you can just hide literally anywhere in that environment, provided that you've got an arbitrary number high enough, that's not as interesting to me. Yeah. You know? If I'm mm. if I'm in a situation where oh god there's a guy coming right towards me and I've got one of two options I don't know which way he's going to turn I need to duck behind something now that's tense to me but if I can just lay down right in front of him and wait a second for my camo to click in and he's not going to notice me that's like that unless doesn't feel like stealth to me in, unless you're in his patrol patrol path 
Sure. Right. Okay. You still have what to if, avoid. What if your number was smaller than his awareness number? Mm. Then he might check the area. Sorry. <laughs> There's a sleep number joke in there somewhere, but I, I can't find it. Yeah, I, I mean, you're still having to avoid patrol routes and, and memorize patrol routes or, you know, collect information about where guards are patrolling to avoid those areas. And I'm not saying MGS4 is a good game, but this, I mean, it does stealth better than 3 did because you don't interrupt the, the actual gameplay to look at your survival viewer and there's no injuries. But I would argue still to get good stealth out of Metal Gear Solid 4, you almost have to play it wrong. Okay. <laughs> because um, that is not a game that encourages stealth. I mean, this it literally gives you points for taking out enemies. So I take back what I said earlier. I'm going to join the bandwagon, uh, and I'm going to be one of those idiots that issues the card. And Nitroid, yours is has been officially revoked, and that's because <laughs> uh, of the, uh, the Ghost Babel box puzzle. Ha- oh, that's not over. that bad. Why well, don't get white? You know, that box puzzle is like everybody reacting to the water (laughs) temple, and it's not as hard as people make it out to be. But they did it when they were like four, so it seems like a nightmare. I did it when I was 2,807. I mean, wait, what is that in dog years? Uh, I was 30. (laughs) So, so no. It's not that hard. It wasn't wasn't that I did it when I was four. I had me and and Psych, we we were looking at multiple guides trying to figure it out. Oh, my God. Couldn't do it. So, no. Box puzzle, hand over the card for the box I, puzzle. I do think it's a little ironic that you just said that the the Water Temple's not that big of a deal. And on the same token, we were just talking about how tedious the menus in MGS3 <laughs> are. Because I feel like the big reason why everybody hated the Water Temple wasn't so much the difficulty... But the fact that, like, half of your actions that you need to take involve you going into the menu, just like the camo, Mm. turning on your boots, sinking down to the bottom or wherever the fuck you need to go. And it's it's (laughs) like, it's like tomato, tomato. Okay, that's a fair critique. And I will agree that the box puzzle is tedious. But difficult? Mm. It's... Yeah, tedious is the perfect word for it. It's not that it's difficult. It's like... It's it's not yeah I don't think tedious is the right word for me it's not user friendly it's like it doesn't no. make sense for it to be that needlessly complicated I mean overall no I I <laughs> I enjoyed Ghost Babel at first for the first maybe two levels up until the first boss and then I despised that game but I don't I don't if you like it I'm not gonna say like oh, your opinion's different from mine, and that means I don't consider you an equal, and and now we must do battle. I get people not liking the cardboard box puzzle, but everything else, I don't know what there is to have a problem with. Nope, sorry, gonna have to take your card again. Or, like, you you have, like, a punch card, and, like, once you get ten punches, (laughs) then, like, you're you're excommunicated. Dude, I gotta keep on taking them. I gotta stack in the closet. (laughs) <laughs> you do right so it's like so what if you if the, your one opinion differs from the idiot community you know that doesn't know shit about the series you can you can more than make up for that with all the cards that you might have stored in your yeah you can gain and take them away it's kind of like marbles like you can just like play for other people's pogs. cards yeah, can we yeah play, i bought a, yeah, pogs. Pogs, is, pogs is good that's a better reference yeah <laughs> i bought a crate at costco 
Can you imagine being that kid coming in with that big-ass tub of, like, pogs? I'd imagine it's akin to, uh, since we're going back to MGS4, Ocelot, once he, like, unlocks the guns of the Patriots, just, like, mowing down shit. I don't know. I didn't play pogs. I like the way you said that, like, <laughs> like uh, Ocelot unlocked Guns of the Patriots. Like, that's his, it was his, like, ultimate technique. Yeah, that was like that pot of gold slammer that was like that, that cheat slammer. Y'all remember that? Welcome to Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it had, like, a concave bottom, and you would drop it, and it was heavy as shit, and it would, like, just pick up all the pogs at once and flip them all over. Yeah, I always hated the kid who had like the metal cheat. slammers. Yeah, that was me. So I got a metal slammer. Confessions that can get your elf pog. Revoked. Anyway, <laughs> back to the topic at hand. I don't know if you guys remember, but we were talking about something. I sure as hell forgot. Oh, right. Nitroid. Yeah. Right, let me give me another one of your cards for all the vents that you got to crawl through in Ghost Babel. Oh, come, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking a card for that. <laughs> as opposed to every other Metal Gear with vents? Yeah, but you know, it's not like you have to use the vents in order to get to like plant C4 on a building that has one of the corners taken off or something. And then, it, Oh my God. Yeah. No, you know that's I, uh that's randomly determined too, right? Yeah, I know. And I, you know, how I found that out looking at three <laughs> different guides and trying to help psych do it and not being able to do it because it's randomized spent hours on that. So yeah, I'm taking two cards for that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. I mean, I love that you love it. And that's that's the thing is that's what why I had to step away from it, because it's like I don't want to interrupt because that's essentially what I was doing is I, I was convincing people to not like the series anymore. And I was like, dude, no, I that's not what I'm trying to do at all. So if like if you like Ghost Babe or you like Survive, I don't want to take that from you. That's that means it means the world to me that you like a thing. I don't have to like the thing that you like, I and mean, we can still talk about other things in the series. There's no, shouldn't be any cards involved. But I did take three of your cards, Nitroid. So, well, you should be mind. able to get a, a you know decent amount for them on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> you know that game makes me wonder. Obviously, Metal Gear Three was Metal Gear Solid. You know, at one point it was called Metal Gear Three. It was being made for the 3DO, but it was always kind of envisioned as a 3D game, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then Ghost Babble comes out and it's a 2D game. So it's like a peek into an alternate universe where Metal Gear 3 was a 2D game. Since right. it carries over lessons from MGS1, um, like how the Soliton radar behaves, it carries over some of the design sensibility, um, yeah. the codec. Uh, you know, there's obvious growth from Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. And I've always kind of wondered what Metal Gear would be like now if they made another 2D game. Uh, I kind of wish that when they had made Portable Ops, rather than kind of force in the 3D camera, right. they would have kept the overhead camera like MGS 1 and 2 had. That would have made the most sense, definitely. And they probably wouldn't have had to, like, you wouldn't have had to do, like, the whole claw position with the, with the PSP just to get the camera to, to work right. Right, so I don't, right, I don't know exactly. why with the mobile Metal Gear games, they didn't just stick to the old camera. Maybe it's just more work. I think it was expectations from the fan base. Like they, they came down off of three, which was 
commercially and, and critically the high point in the series. So everybody wanted essentially an expansion to three. That's my guess. So, okay. And that's kind of what Portable Ops was. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, an expansion to MGS3 in a way. Right. Okay, it was... you want something that will get my Metal Gear card revoked. I think the 3D camera that they added in subsistence was a bad idea. Yeah, I'm taking a card for that. Definitely. Well, let me let me explain why, okay? I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't unrevoke a card, but no, please please go ahead. <laughs> well, well, just hear me out. Hear me out. Metal Gear Solid 3 was kind of when the traditional format for Metal Gear games was showing its age. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. Because the way the environments were designed in MGS3, you didn't have a whole lot of situational awareness. You know, no. it, the original release of MGS3 for people who might have started with the later version was an overhead system like MGS1 and 2. And you could sort of pan the camera around, but it always stayed above Snake. You couldn't rotate it around. Yeah, you could do like a little wiggle in each direction. Yeah, and because of the jungle environment, it was extremely hard to kind of tell where things were at points. So you were constantly having to drop into first-person view mode and look around just to know what was ahead of you, and by the time you came back out and started moving, it might be different. Right. So it was really hard to kind of tell what was going on. That was a problem with MGS2 to a very small degree, but because of how tight the environments were and because it was inside and a little easier to kind of tell where things were, and because you had the Soliton radar, it wasn't as big of a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Three right. didn't have that in the same way. So their answer to this was to drop the camera down and give you that they, you know, the 3D camera that subsistence added where you can now move it around the character. But in the process, I feel like that broke the game. Yeah, almost like as much as twin almost as much as Twin Snakes did for, you know, just Twin Snakes is way worse in that regard, yeah. but subsistence dropping the camera down suddenly made you able to see everything in front of you. And the environments in MGS3 were not designed with that level of situational awareness in mind. So suddenly, you went from having too much trouble to too little trouble. And this is kind of like the point where MGS very obviously needed to kind of evolve or die, in my opinion. Well, Um, I mean, it did, which is where the camera came from. Yeah. I'm not saying that the camera in later games was a bad idea. I, I'm saying it wasn't good for MGS3. I think mm. they really wanted you to rely on the, uh, on the like three different equipment things they gave you too. I think yeah. only two of them are really very useful, but so I'll, I'll take it a step further. Did you guys play, uh, the 3DS version of MGS3? Yes. Don't bring that up. <laughs> that made it a lot worse because they, added crouch walking and over-the-shoulder aiming on top of that 3D camera. You needed crouch walking because that game was a PowerPoint presentation and you needed something (laughs) that ran at that pace. Hmm. That took it to that Twin Snakes level of broken, in my opinion. I didn't know that uh, Snake Eater had... uh, The first time I played through it, I didn't know that the D-pad was the, uh, like, stock walk thing. Huh. Yeah. I yeah. So I just used the uh, you know the the analog stick the whole game, and like the second time through, I like held up. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> right. Here's a here's a card vector. Sorry. <laughs> Truth is, you don't even need it that much. You can just run up and throw someone to the ground. Uh, one thing I did like about the the 3DS port though 
since you mentioned it, was um, it did have a 3D functionality, but then when the boss, their big boss, got shot and they, by that grazing bullet in the eye and he lost it, the 3D no longer worked. Oh, that's fucked <laughs> because up. Because he no longer had depth perception. <laughs> that is really clever. That's smart. I liked that they carried over the um, use the camera to make your own camo thing that they had for Metal Gear Solid Mobile. Oh, yeah. You know somebody... That was kind of uh, neat. You know somebody did something obscene with that, but... So, oh, absolutely. So, Days, did you just say you liked something about the 3DS port? That's a card. <laughs> well, what can I say? Got Vector being the uh, official <laughs> card holder here for this round. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, fine. like the riff. I'll allow it. Yeah, you need a mount, uh, whistle. Did you ever see the concept trailer that they released for Snake Eater on 3DS? That very first video that they showed off. I think I did see that. Yeah, and that's... It was so dramatically different from the final product, it was unreal. Like, the the original trailer made it look like they were remaking the game, not just porting it. Right, right. And it seemed really interesting. Yeah, well, wouldn't be the first time someone lied to our face. You know who's who gets the most Metal Gear cards revoked? Konami. I thought Kojima. <laughs> no, he threw his in the trash. Yeah, that too. Yeah, he burned his. He, he keeps trying to throw them away, but people keep dropping them on his doorstep. <laughs> you need to keep playing this game. He wants to just take his ball and go home. Um, <laughs> I guess his cards or his pogs. Nitro, I'm taking another one for the inventory system in Ghost Babel. What? <laughs> it's, you're going to have to explain that one. So... The original uh, Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, I guess if you play the subsistence, uh, the ports, you know, you press the select button and you can look at your inventory and select from a menu. But in Ghost Babel, you you use the D-pad to, you know, up and down switches items, left and right switches weapons. And it's like a sequence. And the version I played, I played it on an emulator, I'm going to be honest. So I don't know if there was a glitch. There could have been. but it's like the sequence, it seems random. Oh, and then they also, they brought back the feature from the, the first two games where you have to to have the, the card equipped in order for, for doors to work. You know, the doors don't just open automatically by you having the card, you know, like a system that makes sense. So Yeah, but MGS1 had that. Yeah, and that's why they got rid of that in 2, because it was a shitty decision. Especially when you got yeah, a switch Ghost from... Yeah, Ghost came out before 2. Yeah, but if if you have a game that clearly demonstrates that something is ass, like I got a switch from a, a key card to a gas mask, and it's just, it's a bad system. And, like, why couldn't they have just had you select from from a grid or an or a Excel sheet like you do in Metal Gear 1 and 2? Can I take away one of your cards for nitpicking? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I thought nitpicking makes you more of a Metal Gear fan. At least it's not uh, Metal Gear 1, though. Metal Gear 1, you had to have the exact card. Oh, like, yeah. So it I wasn't even that. like a greater yes. than uh, issue. Right. It was just like, oh, you're going through a three door. You need that three. Did you ever play Snake's Revenge? Because they take that to like the nth degree. Yeah. I've seen someone else play it. Yeah, it's a nightmare. You yeah. basically have to navigate a maze as a boss is chasing you. Right. Flipping through all those cards. And oh, man. Just oh, use a man, guide. Just... That's 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 <laughs> not, like if anybody wants to play Metal Gear, like any of the Russian ones, I'm just like get a guide. And even still, it's tough with a guide. Like you have to pull that shit off. It's not at that point. Yeah. It's not easy. 
I'd say try to beat Metal Gear Two without a guide, but yeah, you Metal definitely Gear Two need yeah. to have the um, tap codes handy. It's funny too because um, Metal Gear One on NES basically came with the equivalent of a guide. It had this giant fold-out map. Yeah, showed you all the screens, like screen by screen. Yeah, pretty much. and and some of it was wrong too, which was funny. I remember as <laughs> Big a kid, boss messing with uh, you. Yeah, playing. I remember playing it as a kid on NES and just. Um, thinking like wait that's not right that's not the way it goes what and <laughs> it's pretty meta kind of had to figure it out so we actually wound up talking about this subject for a while days did you did you get all your confessions out i, I didn't think. even get a single she's holding on to all her oh. cards still she's trying to play uno in this bitch i lost one card i lost one card for saying one good thing about the 3ds which i was I trying to make it, yeah. into an obscene joke but it's okay We'll just sing three Hail Marys and... Hail Kojimas. But I do have a confession, and I've been, like, writing bullet points for it, if you guys are ready for this one. Go ahead. Shoot. Uh, My confession is that uh, the boss is a fucking weirdo, and (laughs) I under... And I always felt like that was intentional in a sense that she was supposed to be alien because... Her concepts of like a borderless, armyless, or not borderless, armyless. I feel like this is this is how they got into this whole argument in the first place, this whole <laughs> conflict in the first place. But you know, her ideas and her concepts were alien to you know in the middle of the Cold War in this in this society, and thus like she was supposed to come off as this otherworldly presence that you're just supposed to be like weirded out by, even after you pull the trigger on her at the end of the game. Right. Uh, but of course, you know, everybody like makes her into this like Christ like figure who you cry over, like, oh my god, mother. I didn't. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I get it, like I get why you would be upset, but for me, like, you know, the emotion isn't there. And it's because the emotion is not there for her. And that kind of segues into my next kind of weird opinion, and that is Big Boss and by extension the boss. They're like the pyramid head of the Metal Gear series in a sense that they have at this point been so marketed and trademarked to the series that I almost feel like like their characterization has been muddled a bit. That makes sense. Well, funny (laughs) you should mention that because remember when Zero did exactly that by posting Big Boss's face on magazines that he distributed all over the world in order to turn Big Boss into a larger-than-life figurehead. I was going to say, MGS4 like literally makes a point of the fact that Big Boss has been blown up into this icon. It's right. true, it's true, it's true. You're, you're, you guys are right in, in, in that sense. Um, and, and it is sort of meta. But I think it's a stark difference between sort of what Zero is accomplishing and and what I'm talking about, because it's, oh God, I'm like. No, I I definitely, I understand exactly what you're talking about. You 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 still lose a couple cards, but but I get it. (laughs) You, you, You guys remember when you first saw Silent Hill Homecoming and you saw Pyramid Head or I guess they call them, like, Triangle Man. They always have some form of pyramid head in, like, the western Silent Hills. And you're like... I remember when he beat Person Man. Person Man? It's like every... Uh, Days gets that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I won't get into this because it's going to tangent us again, or even further. Anyways. Particle Man? Nothing? S- sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting it. Oh, my... We're going to talk after the show. <laughs> 
Silent Hill card revoked? <laughs> Music card revoked. My point is, is that generally Silent Hill fans have had this experience where Pyramid Head, which is supposed to be a manifestation of, of James Sunderland's desires in, in, in Metal, or Metal, in Silent Hill 2, it, right. it has this, he has this, you know, great narrative, deeper meaning behind the character, um, a very good characterization despite not saying anything. He speaks more with his butcher knife than he does with his actual words, because he has no words. But by the time we get to Pyramid Head being featured in Dead by Daylight, which is, you know, a cool cameo, by the way, I have nothing against it, he's been so muddled by other concepts and projects that were trying to market the series that I'm just trying to say the experience almost feels the same at this point with Big Boss. Sorry, go ahead. Can I put a fine point on what you're trying to say? Yeah, please. They took a metaphor and they turned it into a mascot. Mm. Yeah, sure. That. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And that kind of overlaps or aligns my two, I guess, card-revoking opinions <laughs> in a sense that I interpreted these characters in one way, but then it felt like there was such a fandom that reacted in such a more endearing or loving way that these right. characters became, they, they in turn became something that weren't the original intent. See, I feel like I'm gatekeeping at this point, but yeah, that, that's my opinion. That's no, my you're card. absolutely right. Is Lori Allen on Cameo? Can we pay her like 50 bucks to say, Snake, we live in a society? Only if she uses actual emotions. <laughs> That'll be 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah, 65 for, for feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, to your second point about Big Boss being turned into this, this mascot when he was initially meant to be more metaphorical, like the people that issue the so-called Metal Gear cards, they're the ones responsible for turning Big Boss into the, the larger-than-life icon that he became. So... It's like, if you're going to play that game, if you're going to seek out and collect Metal Gear cards like it's a badge of honor, then you're fighting an uphill battle. It's a Sisyphean task. To be honest, I don't think anyone was really taking that thread seriously. I think it's just... Oh, all yeah, no, the, the cards, you know, that's just us kind of like admitting silly shit. I think that's kind of where everybody was pretty much coming coming from. Nah, dude, uh, I really think that that lady is a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck the mini system in MGS3 for sure. But, well, uh, I mean, I get that, right? But a lot of these opinions I'm seeing on the, th- the thread here, and uh, you should probably include a link to the thread uh, somewhere so, so people afterwards can see. A lot of these opinions, they seem like they're designed specifically to be controversial and to incite anger among the, the general Metal Gear community. There were a couple of them. Well, let's, uh, I mean, we just kind of selfishly dived into our own, so let's... Uh... We can jump into some that sort of stood out for us. If we yeah, don't do that. forget we have uh, 572 more comments over on the Solid Snake page where we had some people commenting there. So, like, I'll tell you one that got a, a lot of hate was uh, the webmaster for Metal Gear Net posted this. And, and I know the guy, and he posted this full well knowing it would annoy people. <laughs> he wrote. Let's do it. Um, MGS2 is the dollar store version of MGS1 <laughs> in every way possible. Shit. Story, main characters, and supporting cast of characters showcases some of the worst writing the series has ever seen. Any fan who says Raiden or Liquid Ocelot are cool should be yeeted into a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so here we go again, right? Because wasn't that the entire point of MGS2? And that's what every... Yeah. Well, that's why he did it. He knew... <laughs> and it's like, God damn it. Every reply that, that, is like, that was the point, man. <laughs> that's sort of like what I was saying about, like, Big Boss being mascotted, where it's like, you know, you could argue that's the point, but at some point you have to be like, no, no okay, I get that's the point, but the execution has gotten a little, like, a little sour. Dude, you know what that is? That's a Metal Gear trap card. By trying to revoke his card, you yourself get your own card revoked. <laughs> this is becoming, like, like, uh, like 4D chess. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, by trying to revoke someone else's card, like, you lose by... <laughs> <laughs> by claiming someone else's card. So I feel like I've lost the most cards this session. <laughs> this um this one stood out for me. Oh my god, is this from hold on. This is I'm from I'm swimming in my cards like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> so this is uh this is from Three Dog, who I'm a I'm a big fan of. Um he also does some of those in-depth story runs. He might have been the guy, actually, um, Vector, he might have been the guy that you were like I turned on this stream for Metal Gear and this guy was talking about the codec menu looking like a gun. Like, oh, man. I'm pretty sure that was Three Dog. Oh, yeah. I know Three Dog, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he, wrote, he wrote this one and it's um, it also got some attention. Metal Gear Solid 1's ending is saccharine, cringeworthy, and kind of awful. It's sincere and completes the arcs of the characters in a way that makes sense. I appreciate it on one level, but the man, the dialogue and music is so incredibly corny. I'm kind of like reading this in his voice too, so it's funny. Mm. Uh, two's ending isn't too far behind it. Yeah, I don't think that's card revoking, but I personally love Schlock. Yeah, me too. I'm taking a card for him using the word saccharine unironically. <laughs> Here's one. Somebody said, uh, in some ways, I prefer Sutherland's voice acting over haters. I completely agree with that in some ways. Yes. I think for, for how it was used, it was a good choice. He needed way more lines. And, and that's, that was the second part of it. it. says, and it's a shame that a lot of his dialogue was cut in the Phantom Pain. I didn't even know it was cut. I thought it was designed around him just sitting there silently while. There was a bunch of uh, just stuff that they recorded that didn't end up in the game. There's like it's a, on, whole, it's a I YouTube think it's video, SoundCloud. I think. Yeah. yeah. I've heard a lot of it, but it still wasn't enough. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy it, but uh, I mean, to to kind of say like to replace Hater, as you know, like imagine the like, way Sutherland. it was handled. Right? No, yeah. that was that was despicable. But I I liked the you know the idea of Sutherland playing Big Boss and then Snake being someone else. Um, like that only makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people uh, would uh would revoke a card for that, but I did enjoy Sutherland's uh performance when he did speak future of so. sound had one that hurt me pretty deep okay it was, do uh, it the last three mgs games meaning four peace walker and five are as good or even better than the first three uh, hmm. card okay. i just hand it three cards for that one i am uh i am officially granting a card <laughs> you're handing one back no i'm granting a card to this person i see who says i have a crush on fat man okay oh, he's cute that shows dedication <laughs> he, he has beautiful hands yeah 
We can so. find you a nice, uh, bougie, fat gentleman in New York City <laughs> with a New York accent. Just for Loves wine. Loves wine. Great sense of fashion. Gives himself manicures. Right. Loves roller skating. He'll be explosive, but not in the way you think. Oh. <laughs> Damn, this person said uh, they used auto fire and Ocelot never knew. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, you get a card for that. Good job. Here's your official Metal Gear card for Ocelot not finding out you cheated. That's Because uh, you're like, if you're cheating the cheater, I mean, what's more Metal Gear than that? <laughs> Here's one I resonate with. Uh, all the best Metal Gears are the spinoffs. Ooh, Damn. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I love me some Metal Gear acid. I'll, do, I'll donate a card to that. Yeah. <laughs> what does this become? <laughs> what does this become? We're, we're doling out judgment on the internet. <laughs> the best way to, to bury a meme is to overthink it. Yeah. Oh, Huey did nothing wrong. All that doesn't right. count. There, yeah, that's a that's a bait card. That's uh, yeah. You lose a card for using a cliche. Yeah. I, you I, you placed a card face down in defense mode. Come come with something stronger, please. <laughs> there was one dude who was like, "I don't have any cards because I never played Metal Gear Acid." I Aww. you have negative cards. I'm taking that's, a card for that. That's that's a dad joke. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this person uh, said, I never cared about the stealth aspect and play every game as loud <laughs> and not stealthy as possible. <laughs> he just goes down yeah. the Sorrow River, just like giving everybody the finger. Uh, just plays like an action game. It's great. Tactilist says, I think that Raiden becoming a cyborg is a travesty and think he should have never become a cyborg ninja. Um, agree. Hard agree. Yeah, no, it didn't make sense for him to become a robot. So I enjoyed it. It, it did uh, in the context of him being a stand-in for Gray Fox, which is kind of Metal right. Gear. Yeah, it Solid wasn't Force really by shtick. choice, was it? No, it wasn't, but it's still, <laughs> like, from a narrative standpoint, it's like, why does he need to be a robot? I didn't think that, like, tracked for his character, especially after 2. I don't know. Uh, but, but, you know, Tactilist also says that he, he loves MGR and I do too. It's my favorite. And, um, I, I think a lot of people will say like, if, unless three is your favorite, then, then you, you, you know, revoke card revoked. I see a lot of people dropping the, uh, twin snakes is better than MGS one line here. I'm giving a card to that. I give him really? a card. Yeah, I'm giving him a card. Really? You get a card from okay. me. I liked the psycho man. Some of the psycho mantis shit a little bit more. Like not. I've. I've. In a previous episode, I've gone off about why I didn't like it, but I did like some of that. That's the only thing. How do you remake it on a better system with worse art direction, worse music, terrible mechanics, true, and yet true. you base it on like. MGS2, which was praised for its mechanics. Right. Like you had all the pieces there. You yes. just needed to put them together in the right way, and you didn't. Now, to be fair, the game was made in like a year. Right. But, man, it's such a broken mess. It is, but even with the, the shitty 
GameCube controller, I still thought the game played well. Like it yeah, wasn't like I don't really yeah. remember it being a bad experience at all. Like I mean, we can look at it now and be like, it is different because it destroyed the the boss fights with the first person. But like I don't know. I just remember playing it and being like, yes, this is great. I don't want to say it's a bad experience because I did definitely play through it myself. Not to the extent of Metal Gear Solid 1. But I almost want to feel like it was like a synthetic Metal Gear Solid 1 experience. Yeah. And of course, I'm going to bring up the allegory. It's like getting like a fresh fruit smoothie compared to like a smoothie that's made with like a powder. It's like it's like a slurpee. It's pretty much a slurpee instead. Yeah, it's like something like that. Where I'm still enjoying it. It's still nice, but it's like it's sugary. Like they added all this like additives and high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. And Metal Gear Solid, like it's a little bitter, but gets the job done. It ain't Hmm. much, but it's honest work. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny too because like the cutscenes don't even bother me. That's the part I enjoy is how ridiculous they are because. That was very obviously intentional. Right. But if you look at the level design, okay, those levels, going back to kind of what I said about MGS3 and the, and the camera, those levels in Twin Snakes were essentially just carried over almost verbatim from MGS1 with very slight alterations like throwing in some lockers. And when you throw Metal Gear Solid 2's system of movement, let's say, into MGS1's environments and you put in Metal Gear Solid 2's AI into Metal Gear Solid 1's environments, everything breaks. It becomes an unbalanced mess where in one moment it can be ridiculously easy and the next just absolutely brutal. Uh, The tank hanger is a good example of this because if you get caught by a guard and you go into alert mode, the guards pour in from literally nowhere because there are no entry and exit points. Yes. Yeah, but imagine getting caught. I mean, what are you doing? And and <laughs> MGS1's environments were not hey, made... Hey, Nitroid, hold on. Card for getting caught. Okay. <laughs> Boom. Damn. <Fact>. Damn. <laughs> um, if you are caught in the tank hangar in MGS1, you can run and duck into somewhere... They sort of wander around, and it's over. It's a very quick segment. Alerts in MGS1 are typically not drawn out. MGS2 introduced clearings. So it became more tense, more drawn out, more thought-provoking. You had to kind of think about, all right, where am I going to hide? Where are they going to search? Where did they search last time? That kind of thing. MGS1's environments were not really reoriented to take that into account. So when they go into these clearing modes for these drawn-out alert segments... You really don't have a lot of options. You you almost essentially just have to cheese the system and leave. Yeah. So I'm going to piggyback off of that point because I, I, I do think that it, it almost limits itself, both in terms of gameplay, like you said. There are some aspects that are incredibly broken. There are some aspects that are now completely negligent. But one thing I don't like about it is it almost kind of... Um, muddles the environment a bit and we talked about this offline when you were making that thread and if anybody hasn't seen it go to Nitro's Twitter and take a look where we were discussing like certain elements of Shadow Moses in the original Metal Gear Solid that because of their technical limitations it really added to that industrial cold atmosphere of Shadow Moses. I think the example I used is if you go into an elevator 
there's not necessarily a ceiling. Um, right. The texture kind of is like a, a gradient where it almost fades into black. Um, and that was such a cool effect where it, it really felt like you were in this cold, destitute industrial area just trying to like survive and, and, and stop these terrorists. Whereas in Twin Snakes, you know, going back to my whole metaphor about like fresh fruit versus like synthetic like powder drinks. Now that you have this first person element, you know, you have to account for the players looking up, you know, you have to account for the design decisions um, with these with this new technology. And it all kind of accumulated in, in diminishing that atmosphere. It, it felt like a theme park Shadow Moses, I guess. The color direction's not as good either. If you look at the, yeah. at the color in MGS1, it's very deliberate. And it's just sort of bland in Twin Snakes. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's more realistic, but it's less interesting to look at. Right. I'll give you another mechanical example from that same area, the tank hangar. In MGS1, let's say you come in through the vents and you come out of the top. You have to then work your way around by design, showing you where all the doors are, showing you the camera, letting you get uh, sort of a bird's eye view of the playing field below. It gives you more time to kind of acquaint yourself with the hangar and you can sort of see everything before you get to it right? Whereas if you take the below path, it's more difficult. You have to follow the rats. You're not really supposed to take the below path, the, the lower path, because they've, you know, that's why they've got the guard there outside. You're supposed to take the, you're supposed to go the hard way. And your reward for going the hard way is an easier path in, a few extra items, and a better look at what you're about to go into, right? In Twin Snakes, you take that same path, you can just hop over the railing and go to the elevator and it's over completely breaks the flow of why that level was designed the way it was. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can. Uh, yeah. And that applies to, like, every single area in the game. There, there's uh, there's another example that I, I, now that you're bringing that up, right before you actually face Vulcan Raven in the, in the tank, um, that part in the original game where you had to use the cigarette to get past the infrared lasers... In the original game, you had to take out your cigarette, break it out, dodge it, and if you fail, then, you know, you just watch Snake kind of get poisoned by gas. With this game, with the first-person mechanic, they thought it would be cute if they added little, like, generator boxes, like in, in Metal Gear Solid 2, so that instead of showing this cool little Easter egg of technology, you can just shoot the boxes and go on your merry way. Yep. And that's another example, too, of MGS1 rewarding you for taking the more difficult path. Because if you take the vent outside that's on the upper level, if you take the harder path, not only do you get those things I mentioned earlier, but you have instant access to the thermal goggles because the door's open. Whereas if you come in from below, you might not notice that. Oh, yes. And when you have those thermal goggles, it makes that that path through the uh the the laser system easier yeah okay so it just twin snakes just breaks all of this and i could i could go on because every area's got something like this right to be fair this says a lot but it doesn't speak to if it's fun it's all right look you're talking about mechanics just mechanics 
and we've talked about this like a long time ago. I, I don't. I think it might have been on an episode that didn't actually air. But I have never played the Metal Gear games for the gameplay at all, and I never will. To I've be fair, the only yeah. I brought up art design and atmosphere. I mean, I'm the guy who thinks that even the worst Metal Gear is better than most games. So you all know right. where I'm going to fall on this. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a card for that, and I'll take it right back because it's like that's that's great. <laughs> I don't I don't agree or disagree. I I just think like that's an opinion, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's really what it boils down to is that do you enjoy playing Metal Gear? Then maybe you're not going to enjoy Twin Snakes. Do you like watching Metal Gear like I do? Then Twin Snakes is superior to one. But mechanically, no, not at all. But I still like Twin Snakes more. Why? Because you backflip over a missile. Yeah, <laughs> definitely viewing it through the lens of uh, it being like Otacon's retelling of it. Just being recalled, <laughs> geeked up and animated out, you know. Can I uh can I say another like get my card ban card taken away? I just thought of these. <laughs> uh I don't mind Rosemary or EE as characters, mostly because I have not for very long, but I have some point been in their shoes. Okay. There is nothing like, more <laughs> Go ahead. You were you you had a boyfriend that only had a bed and a desk in his room? <laughs> Uh, yeah, college was bad for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I've had days, like, I've had best friends mix up my birthday. Okay. And they thought my birthday was either, like, a later date or something. And I oh, just okay, I get what you're saying. Being like, hey, guys, remember what day it is today? <laughs> okay. Or do you know what tomorrow is? <laughs> right. I, I get that anxiety. I just... Uh, <laughs> All your and friends get their cards taken away because they probably don't play Metal Gear anyway and like get right. Metal Gear cards taken away. Yeah, they forgot my birthday. So where does the, the EE thing come in? Uh, I, I guess the EE thing comes in from... Wearing lacquered chopsticks. Yeah, they're big in uh, Europe and Asia. Um, <laughs> be, feeling like the tag-along but also sort of like dead weight. I don't know. Not this being is, able to swim. This is me getting into my own insecurities at this point, but that's my other uh, getting my car taken away. Is I get Rose. Uh, learn to swim, Days. It's uh, It could save your life. Thank you. Uh, I'm taking away a card for not knowing how to swim. Okay. That's I'm fair. kidding. Uh, no, but uh, I, I, at this I, point, I think we're just we, playing 52 pickup. Right. <laughs> I like how that became like at a certain point it was like let's let's actually give cards to it was like the fact that there are multiple cards the fact that that it there you're supposed to have one and now like you have a, you have like a a lot that can increase or decrease I, I thought I think that was a, a really fun mechanic yeah, they're like <laughs> An unintentional it's some emergent gameplay here and it, it um, it's gotten to a point where it's not even about Metal Gear anymore. It's just about being a good person. Like <laughs> you get a car for just enjoying yourself. You lose a car for being a shitty friend. Thanks, Kojima. You've <laughs> all made Wait, us a better person. Are you saying Kojima was a shitty friend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying Kojima, whether he likes it or not, is the first domino that created this chain effect that made us realize our friends are shitty. Was he, though? 
card. And on that note, there's one in here that I really thought was funny, which is that these games are more fun to talk about than to play. Fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a card away from myself for that. That's good. That, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like that's a symptom of getting old. I don't care. Here, I, I, I don't deserve any. I, I mean, I threw them all away. There anyway. might be more like mileage in, in talking about it than because, like, that first experience of playing through each one is definitely like fucking awesome each time. But and after that, like reflecting on it and learning different stuff from different perspectives, from right? Repeat playthroughs, like I don't know. I think that's where like this is the only game that I really can sit here and talk about every week. Like I, I wouldn't do a podcast about one game series pretty much uh, with any other series, really. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, just Metal Gear alone has allowed me to meet so many people and explore so many different avenues in media, from music to movies to books. Right. And I don't just mean in terms of, like, things that it referenced or things that it drew inspiration from. I mean, like, maybe I had a conversation with somebody about Metal Gear who I might not have otherwise, who I then find out is into these bands or these authors, and it just spiderwebs out in all different directions. Right, yeah. Uh, I guess that's any hobby, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I feel like Metal Gear, though, it people give it shit because it's like, Oh, Kojima didn't Kojima didn't make up like nuclear deterrence or Kojima didn't make up the idea of the information age being like polluted to the extent that it's been. But it's almost like if you find those concepts, like I, I would attribute Metal Gear partially for helping me understand critical thinking. And like you said, you know, yeah. that's expanded into more conversations and meeting so many like awesome people and having awesome conversations. Like we always talk about how like dumb the Metal Gear fandom is and you know, it's it's half joking, but there are like you said they're good people, good conversations. And as much as we shit on Kojima for talking too much <laughs> or like telling us what he just learned like 2 weeks ago, it lends itself to great conversations and learning awesome new things. I mean, who else is doing that? Excellent point. You get a card for that. Aw, shucks. I don't think... I have no cards to give, but, you know... Uh, Nitroid, can you give her a card, please? <laughs> He's just handing out IOUs. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you a card, Daze. That was great. Um, so, we've been going for a while now. Um, thanks to everybody that uh, that that posted yeah. the stuff that, that led it, allowed <laughs> us to, to talk about it. This, this was a great time. Um, I wanted to... Added, uh, or I wanted to make an addendum to uh, one of the questions that we answered a couple weeks back. Um, really quick, this goes out to Dylan Belcher, uh, or as I call him, the D Belch. Uh, he asked, uh, "How different do you think the lore would be if Snake killed Otacon? Uh, why did I say Otacon? How different do you think oh, the lore would pretty be? Pretty different. I, I lose a card for that. <laughs> I lose a card for that. <laughs> oh, man. I owe you all a card for saying Otacon. How different do you do think you the think lore would be? Do you think love can bloom on a battlefield? <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Don't ask me that question. Oh, man. Dude. Your brain can bleed on a battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that gives me a childhood story that I need to bring up, and this is going to take a card away from me. 
Um, but I actually spoiled myself a little bit by reading through the guide as a kid. Because I didn't, I didn't want to fuck up, obviously. I didn't want to get Snake killed. Um, so I wanted to see what to expect, right? And okay. being a child, being like seven or eight years old, sometimes I mixed up words. So when I was reading about how, like, Ocelot was torturing Snake, I mixed it up with Otacon. And I was like, how does this happen? Like, is he being right. coerced into torturing him? Like, it, it bothered me <laughs> as a child. And then finally when I played it, it was like... <laughs> I was like, how can this weave do this to me? Uh, I'm glad I'm not alone in mixing those two words up, you know. I don't want to do it, Snake. <laughs> Which guide was that? It, well, it wasn't, the guide didn't mix it up. Um, I think it was the, well, no, I'm, I think it was the Prima. Which Oh, it was the Prima one? Because there were like two or three different guides for MGS1. And there's one of them in particular that's just excellent and it was the official guide uh by a short-lived company called millennium yeah i i have that we're gonna... i have that at my desk like i actually just pulled it out yeah i've said this before but... i the only metal gear game that i didn't play without a guide was five so yeah you, know. you didn't need a guide for that except for when so, it came to hunting those little fucking animals <laughs> so vector we're uh yeah, go back we're to that. running on a little long, so, yeah, what were you saying before? Really quick addendum. All right, the question was, how different do you think the lore would be if Snake killed Ocelot in 64? Uh, you know, we, we spoke for a while on this. I thought about it a little more, uh, and as we all know, the series would end if Ocelot dies in 64. But what if Ocelot killed Snake in 64? And my answer to that is the series would be relatively unchanged. It would become a visual novel, and it would just be you as Ocelot manipulating shit behind the scenes. I mean, who knows? But, you know, just keep that in mind, you know, and, and maybe think about that, uh, listeners and viewers, why you think that might be. But in it, as, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen, if Big Boss dies in 64, or if he never becomes Big Boss because he's dead, uh, he, you know, everything that happened after that, I think would still happen in some capacity leading up to Ocelot's death in 2014. That's all I wanted to say. He's been dead for six years. Would, Fuck. uh, there wouldn't be, uh, any clones made at that point, right? Nope, no clones. Cause you know, Big Boss is dead. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. So, uh, I don't know. Things might be a little different. So, well, look, if, uh, if you want yeah, the to, ultimate, the to ultimate go into goal, detail. Well, the ultimate goal, I think, will end up, yeah, like you said, kind of, they'll, yeah. they're, they're going to do what they want. Nobody's going to stop them from doing what they want. <laughs> you can't take away Ocelot's card. Yeah. <laughs> He's got them all. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just a little thought experiment I wanted to throw out into the universe. If you can even call it that. I mean, it might not even be worth talking about. But if you want us to, to go into detail, let us know. And with that... Don't forget your friend's birthdays, kids. <laughs>